1: Okie dokie, folks. Welcome back, Horticulture's Fellow Rushing. Me and Java Chapman and Kevin Farrell, we're just sitting here waiting to talk to you. Just give us a call. It's toll-free, 1-877-MPB-RING. And we're talking about gardening, gardening gardening-related stuff. Indoors, potted plants, outdoors, uh, planting peas. I planted peas yesterday, uh, you know, English-type peas. And, you know, we've got lettuces and kale and uh, oregano and rosemary. There's so much stuff out there uh, that grows in the wintertime. Not as much as in the spring and summer fall, but there's stuff out there. And there's flowers coming up right now. Uh, day before yesterday, I was walking around the neighborhood. I saw a big black swallowtail butterfly Java. Big butterflies in February.
2: Desperately looking for something to eat. I mean, it was like 70, 80 degrees the other day. Yeah, so. yeah,
1: yeah. And, uh, you know, these big butterflies and the little bees. I got a picture. Matter of fact, I've with, with uh, I, I sent you a picture, uh, two pictures to choose from this week. One is some flowers I stole on the way in, and uh, which we'll talk about a bit. But also um, I walked by some blueberries in full bloom, and the honeybees were all over it. Oh, wow. Middle of February. Which is kind of cool because at least people have something out there for the, butter, for the bees and the butterflies. You know, people that don't have a bunch of you – know, people don't spray weeds in their yards. We've got wildflowers right now. Yeah. You know, dandelions and henbit and, and so many things. And the bees are just all over it. Uh, but the downside is bees are pollinating blueberries, which means we got six weeks or so before they can still freeze. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not to be negative here, but get the rosebuds while you may. Enjoy the butterflies. Enjoy the flowers. Enjoy the bees. Enjoy all what you can because you don't know what's going to happen next week.
2: And that was funny that you said it because yesterday on uh, Fresh Air, mm-hmm. which comes on 3 o'clock here on MPB Think Radio, they had a guy who wrote a book about insects, mm-hmm. and he made the point to talk about um, that insects really enjoy a little roughage like you know a lot of people want their lawns well manicured and things like that but if you can have some kind of
1: wild spots that's where the insects really thrive well you know if you think about it well you don't have to think about it but you know the 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 little what i call flower lawns you know mow what grows i don't mean meadow lawns i'm not talking about knee-deep black-eyed susans and coneflowers and all that kind (laughs) of stuff i'm talking about the low-growing stuff that you can actually mow and it still blooms. Middle of the winter, you can have full bloom in your lawn, and then as soon as it gets hot, you start mowing your grass. It's gone for the summer, so yeah. you can have a winter flower lawn for the bees and the butterflies who don't have anything else out in suburbia, and then just have a regular lawn in the summertime. You know, it's, it's you know clover and dandelion. They're gone once you mow them. So I'm encouraging that, but not calling it a meadow lawn anymore because meadow people. People think of ticks and red bugs and <laughs> you know spiders and stuff. I'm thinking flower lawn, a lawn with flowers. Yeah, you got to put that on a a button or something. Mow what grows? Yeah, mow what grows. There you go. And uh, so in, anyway, uh, I think it's really cool. There's stuff out there today. They're saying, "What the heck happened?" <laughs>
2: yeah, <there's, laughs> the, the roller
1: coaster. Uh,
2: it's really been happening all month long. Like yeah. eighty degree days, and then it gets to freezing and below freezing. Yeah.
1: Well, this morning when I came in, I, I I stole some azaleas right out front here. They're starting to bloom a little early. But I also got me some little Johnny Jump a little purple and and uh, you know I, I you know I, I know you're Jackson State and all like that. But you know these violas <laughs> uh-huh. that that is uh, all corn Deep colors purple, right there, yeah. <laughs> all corn LSU. But also I got a little little miniature daffodil called Tete Tete, and I've got these little things. Some people call them snowdrops, but they're it's not, not snowdrops. These are called snowflake. Ah. Snowdrops, they look like, but the snowflake's got little green dots around the edge of the little flowers and sn- snowflakes, and snowdrops have got wings A little green hearts on them, and snowdrops don't grow. Anyway, I thought they'd be kind of cool. Just put a little picture of that for our, our blog thing today. We can we'll, do it. We'll see. I also have a picture of a blueberry on a on a uh, w- with a honeybee hanging off of it. So
2: can we do two pictures? That's all I was about to say. I'm gonna surprise
1: you. and We can put both of them up. <laughs> okay, let's do that. Meanwhile, if you want to give us a call it's toll free here at MPB one eight seven seven MPB ring, and we're gonna start out down in Mobile and talk with Cat. Good morning, Cat. How are you? Hello. <laughs> Is it me? Punch the right button, Java. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. Cat, are you with us? Yes. Hooray! Good morning. How are you?
3: I'm doing fine. How are y'all doing?
1: So far, so good. If, if Java can get his fingers wrapped around these buttons up here. <laughs> it's okay. It's Friday. Yeah.
3: Um, so I just had a quick question about muscat grapes. Mm-hmm. Um I was introduced to them last year, and they're like the best grapes I've ever eaten. Um, (laughs) But they don't have any in this area just yet. And I thought about maybe purchasing, um, like, some online, like, on the vine or either, like, some seeds. But I didn't know if they would do well in our atmosphere. Um, Because, you know, Mississippi and Mobile, we're kind of like kids and cousins. (laughs) We're about the same.
1: Well, you know the the muscat. Uh, it's, it's actually there's a lot of different varieties that 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 are called muscat grapes. You know, uh, wine raisins and table grapes. A lot of times they're, you know there there's white, there's uh, there's yellow. They got all different kinds. Most of and and they have a real nice little smell to them, like a little bouquet thing. Most of them don't do that well here in the deep deep south. You know they're. They're what we call they're bunch grapes. They, you know, like you like when you buy a cluster of grapes, they're real tight. Those tend to get uh, diseases because of humidity, and a lot of them need a little bit colder weather than we have. So most of the what we call bunch type grapes. Uh, and, and muscat sort of a g- general term. They just don't do as well because of our heat and humidity. And also we have a disease down here that's spread by insects that affects them. So, unfortunately, we're pretty well stuck with mostly muscadines.
3: Oh, no. Okay. Well, I've, um, I'm a little bit pregnant. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so I've been waiting until um, I think the season is typically the end of February, the beginning of March. Mm-hmm. And they usually come into, uh, like, public that type of store and so I was just hoping
1: that maybe I could start (laughs) growing well you know it's a a good idea you know I've I've got good friends in California good friends up in New England and uh, the Midwest and they grow those kind of things but, again, it, it takes a, a, a little bit colder winter, a longer, right. cooler. And what really gets them is it's a hot – you know, if you get a little rain on them and they get water in between all those grapes and the sun comes out and it gets heat and steamy, mm. they turn – you know, a lot of people say, well, I grow good raisins. Those aren't raisins. Those are diseased grapes. <laughs> <laughs> They're all shriveled up. But they taste good. So, okay, well,
3: like, thank you very much. You okay, got
1: a great week okay, and by the way, you can't be a little bit pregnant. Come on, mm-hmm. come on, you either are, <laughs> or you ain't. Yes, sir. Well, I'm about yeah. to pop. Oh, we'll, 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 well, go get you some grapes and relax. Yes, sir. <laughs> Good luck uh did i go too far with that one java no that was that was spot on okay uh, I, I remember Kat. She, she she's a frequent caller we appreciate oh, okay. her. okay good 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 okay now let's uh let's let's slide back into jackson my neighborhood to fondren hey jerry good morning hey Felder. what's up
0: yep um the dinosaur kale yep when's the best time to plant it is it too late for this year
1: well it, it 's too late in the fact that you can 't get anywhere I went to uh, to three garden centers yesterday, just seeing what 's on the shelf, and all of their winter stuff is gone their 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 pansies or kale all that stuff is gone uh and i I grow this even the back of my pickup truck i got, I have some growing in it, but uh you typically set them out the same time you do collards in the fall yeah they 'll take they 'll take down to zero degrees that the kale will. And um, anyway, you can't get it right now, but uh, typically you plant in the fall, and it is a beautiful plant right through the worst of the winter. Yeah,
0: it is. I got some at Whole Foods the other day, and... uh it's a lot more tender than I would have
1: thought it was. I, I think That's it's good. You good. know, I'm not I'm not a real big greens eater. I'll eat a lettuce if I have to. I'll eat collards if I have to. You know, turnips and greens and all that. But I really like the and and it's also you know it's called dinosaur kale because it has a, kind of a texture dinosaur skin thing, but it's most commonly called Tuscan blue. It's the the same kale that the Tuscans used to make uh, minestrone for, for hundreds and hundreds of years. But it's a pretty plant. It's colorful, durable, and it's sweet and tender.
0: Yes, it was. Okay, well, I was just calling to check. I guess I'll have to start looking... Maybe next to August to
3: see if they're starting
1: to get stuff in. Yeah, August, September, October, you know, sometime in there, you know, they, they, they usually add usually. And you can also grow it quite easily from seed, but, again, it needs to be planted in the fall. And if you want to see what it looks like in the yard, swing by and in, uh, and look at the one in the back of my truck. It doesn't look that great because it's growing in the back of a truck, but it's it's there. It's the blue one. Yeah. Okay, and, well, thanks, Selden. Okay. And, and by the way, I know how many leaves are on it. I'm just saying, look, okay. don't take. All right. <laughs> see you, Jerry. <laughs> oh, me, let's slide down to, uh, Olive, uh, up to Olive Branch. Hey, Tammy, good morning. Good morning. Howdy.
4: Yeah.
5: Had a question about roses mm-hmm. and taking cuttings, and oh, we right. have a rose that we would possibly like to get an old cutting. You know, it's an old rose, get mm-hmm. a cutting off of it. And I know you've talked about trimming roses, pruning them and cutting back this time of year and just wanted to get a little quick refresher on upkeep about roses and how to get cuttings off of them well you
1: know this is the best time roses you know a lot of people root roses in the summertime you know people do things that that all the time that aren't supposed to work the people who who root roses for a living okay the ones who grow these old roses they take them this month and uh, usually, you know, you want to take last year's stems, not the big old thick stuff the size of your index finger, uh, maybe even not as big around as a pencil, but but uh, cuttings that are three or four, five, six, seven inches long, that aren't that real skinny stuff at the tip of the branch or the big thick stuff at the bottom, somewhere in between, and just stick the cuttings. Uh, I stick them in between pansies in my flower, but you can root them in pots and any kind of any kind of dirt good dirt outside just stick them most away the in the cutting in the ground and if you want to you can take a like a plastic cola bottle and cut the bottom off and throw the cap away and just set it over the cuttings like a little miniature greenhouse with an open chimney at the top and that helps a lot but mostly okay. just some pretty good dirt cuttings four five six inches long not too big around and um, you stick them now and what happens is in the springtime they start sending food down to the roots, and ain't no roots there. So it grows this little white piece of gristle-looking stuff. It's called callus tissue, and when that happens, all of a sudden, roots just spring out of it. And typically, once they leave out in the spring, you can dig them up and replant them or put them in pots or whatever. But they don't root till springtime, but you take the cuttings now.
5: Okay, great, okay. And pruning back um, existing established plants That's yeah time for that. you know if yep. it's,
1: you know with the exception of once bloomers, the ones that just bloom once in the spring and the climbers and stuff, most shrub roses are pruned pretty hard in February, and I'm talking about to to a foot foot and a half, two feet tall, all, okay. almost all of them are. not you know you don't have to, but they'll be it, it really invigorates them.
5: On one existing rosebush, I have a quick question. Uh, it looks like the graft, it was grafted at one point. Mm-hmm. And I'm pretty sure most are. But um, anyway, on that, it looks like I'm kind of losing my fragrance on some of the other rosebush. You know what I'm talking about. Some of my blooms. Have they still have that good smell that originally I bought the plant for? Yeah. and Some um, have started not to have it, but they still look great. Yeah. So.
1: Well, if it's a grafted rose, if the you know the the part above the graft should not change, it should be whatever it was you got. But if it sends up a sprout from below the graft, that can be the rootstock. stock. Going to be a whole different rose. Usually not that great okay. a rose. Yeah. But uh, usually, okay. usually the fragrance is determined by, you know, like today. Plants don't have any fragrance at all because it's cool out there, but you take a flower that's cold and put it in your hand and warm it up a little bit, then the fragrance really comes out. Right. Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Okay, appreciate, appreciate it. You bet. Okay. Okay, now we're going to slide up to Kosciuszko. TJ, what's up?
6: My wife is a beekeeper. She's been a beekeeper for years, and I just want to say hats off to, to beekeepers because those those people work. That is hard
1: work. G- yes, it is. Yeah, you can't just put them out there and walk. You could just walk away from them, but it ain't gonna be what you want. But yes, and she's probably out there right now doing stuff in the winter time, even.
6: Yeah, the maintenance and, and and you 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 know I think God makes beekeepers because not everybody can do it.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's right, you know, and the, and the 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 what we call bees, the the what the, you know, they're not even for this continent, you know, and they'll survive in an old tree trunk or something like that, but. You know, if you want to get honey, you got to take care of them, just like any, just like a vegetable garden. You can't just throw the seeds out there and walk away from it. But but that's I right. but, I know she appreciates that. And all the other beekeepers got a big old smile on their face because of that.
6: Yeah, and she we've been married forty four years today, so that's that. You got a uh, have has a bunch of glue stuck to you to be a beekeeper. Well, yeah, and, be and married to me for that long. Yep,
1: and and it's, and it's a good thing she's a beekeeper too, because that's because that, that's a extra sweetness in her life. Uh, right. All okay. right. Appreciate it, T J righty. well that was that was different. House off to beekeepers.
2: Yeah, and I saw a story uh, recently like beekeepers are having to have like extra security. Because people are stealing the bees.
1: In that wild? that's wild. And my brother, when he was uh, when he was in Millsaps College, he lived across street in an apartment, an old house, uh-huh. and he had a beehive on top of the garage out back. Yeah,
2: yeah. Now it's a, it's a lucrative business because that's what they were saying that the people were stealing the bees because they thought it was quick quick money, easy money. Mm-hmm. But no. it's but it but to TJ's point, it's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, and I can't you see some old boy with a stolen beekeep beehive in the back of his pickup truck. <laughs> the people behind him with their windows down. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, we're going to take a real quick, quick break. Me and Job and Kevin, Kevin's uh, busy over there answering phones, but we got some lines open. If you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, I don't know of any events that are coming up right now, garden events, but if you know of some that I can help promote, give us a call or uh, toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. Uh, there is a uh, I'm doing a program tomorrow in Ripley, Tennessee. Is anybody in the Memphis area? Ripley is about an hour north. About 50 miles or so north of Memphis on Highway 51 at the Ripley High School, me and Carol Reese, who's a Mississippian, retired Extension Horticulturist in Tennessee, we are giving a whooping It Up team tag program in Ripley, Tennessee tomorrow morning starting about 9 o'clock. If you want some more information about that, um, uh, shoot me an email. Anyway, Ripley, Tennessee, you can call the county extension office in Ripley, Tennessee and take it from there. We'll be right back.
0: We'll <laughs>
1: Okay, now, folks, welcome back here at Mississippi Public Broadcast. We got all sorts of programs during the week. You know, I mean, we cover everything, everything. With local folks talking about local stuff with local folks. Try to find out anywhere else in the country. That's what MPB is all about. Uh, you call it, uh, Java, you don't just say MPB, you say MPB Think thi- Radio. Okay, MPB Think Radio. Yes. How come I can't remember? That's because I don't think. That's right. <laughs> come on, man. It's okay. Uh, I did plant some peas yesterday, some. English type pea, planted two kinds. One's got a real sweet, edible pod. You know, you don't have to wait for anything. With the pods are big, just eat them. Oh wow! You know, just so, so you see them a lot of times in salads and stuff, or, yeah, or, home, or in okay. uh, in, uh, uh, in Asian food.
2: Is that is it edamame? It's not edamame. No, 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 no. Hmm.
1: Those are those are the the peas themselves. I, I don't know. You
2: You don't
1: know? <laughs> no, no edamame. That's a type of of, uh, of soybean, I think. You yeah, are that's correct. What it is. You are correct. Now these are edible pod peas. It got named like sugar snap. Yeah, they And you just go. eat them out right of the, But I also planted some that make the long pods you open up, you know, like the jolly green giant peas. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I pre sprouted them, though. I took my seeds, I put them in a, a, a plastic uh, container with a moist piece of paper towel. Covered it up, put it on top of the refrigerator, and in three days they were they had roots on
2: them. Those was the kinds that they give for the kids, where they put them in their milk cartons. Yeah, and they yeah. just they sprout up really quickly. Yep. Yeah.
1: <laughs> well, anyway, they sprouted, so I went out in my garden, I sort of raked it smooth, and I and I, I dropped them, and I put them where they're all spaced out because they had little roots on them. I covered them up with some some um, some uh, uh, compost so they wouldn't just be so the birds won't get them. Put a little mulch out there, and they'll be up. You know, next week. Oh, wow. We'll see. Anyway, this is the time of year to plant things like onions, uh, sweet peas, English peas, potatoes, carrots, beets, stuff like that. We're still a month and a half away from time to plant tomatoes and peppers and stuff. So anyway, let's go down to Mobile and see what Mikey's up to. Mikey, thank you for calling. How are you this morning?
4: <laughs> I am delighted to hear you both. Thank you. Um, uh, thank you, too. Okay, um, uh okay let's see, first of all, oh gosh, I sound like, what's her name, the actor? Uh, well, let's the just <laughs> forget what you
1: sound like. Let's get to the meat of it.
4: I'm trying, I'm trying here. Um, yes, because you, you distracted me with the peas thing, um, uh, which, uh, you know, I'm trying to appease myself. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, and and I will go out and be, you know, poking some in a, in a flower pot good. today.
1: Good, good.
4: Um, but I have something that i've done for several years now i've only done small pots of it and when i first did it it was not um of any concern now i'm hearing that the wild onions quote unquote i've used them as chives they work great for like you know you just take the scissors out and you clip off a little bit and you know go to town yeah perfectly Um, edible uh, yeah yeah and and um But I've heard that there's some problem. What is the problem with wild onions?
1: Not a problem. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) There are some people who who wear beards, and some people have real clean-shaven faces.
4: Yeah, okay, there are peop- there- and some people, go that's wobble, right, but-
1: there's some there's some people who don't have a perfectly manicured, monocrop, unnatural, high-maintenance, zero, anything else type of lawn, and other people are, any little thing that comes up in it, it's called a weed. That's the problem, is interpretation.
4: All righty. Thank you. I'm right on the right
1: page. Okay. The, the only other problem I will throw this out: if you're going around the yard, the neighbor grazing out people's yards, don't eat any of them and spray with weed killers. Other than that, it ain't no problem.
4: This is my property. Okay. Well, now, just, my problem is having other people coming in and trying to help themselves.
1: Well, you know, if 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 they're feeding themselves, you know, you know, this is this is a community. You know, you're doing a good thing, feeding the community. <laughs> if they ask. That's right. All right. Well, appreciate your call, Mikey. Thank you for, che- for for checking in with us. Now, I don't know which of these next two I should go to. There's got a choice here. Uh, let's go to uh, Russ in Alabama. in Alabama. Hey, Russ, good morning, sir.
0: Well, good morning. How are you?
1: So far, so good. Not so bad. What's up?
0: I'm doing great. There is this wonderful orange tree uh, growing down the street on a vacant lot it's too mature to to dig it up otherwise I would dig it up and put it in my yard mm-hmm. but it has wonderful qualities and uh, it it takes the, uh, the you know the temperature and our climate very well sure uh, how do I get an offspring from it what's the best way for me to um, you know, grow this. Should I get a, a, a grafting, yeah. rooting, or growing up from seed? What would be the best
1: they, way to do they, they, they typically, when you root a tree, you know, a lot of people don't realize. You know, you can take a branch off a tree and it will root, but it'll never have a tap root. Tap root is only from something grows from a seed, and that's reason they so they graft uh, citrus onto really sturdy root stocks. Have got a good root system that grow better in our soil than the than the, the grafted part does. So the best way, if you want one, well, first of all, see if you can, can have it identify when it has fruits on it. Let's find out what it is because you might be able to buy one. Um, you know, from from the fruit. But uh, I just took some cuttings off some trees last week and took them to a, a fellow who grafts trees. What, what I did is I took uh, cuttings, oh, about two feet long from last year's growth, put them in a plastic bag, and I'm keeping them in a refrigerator so they think it's still wintertime. You want to keep them stone cold dormant. And you save these cuttings taken this time of year, and you keep them in the refrigerator until the stuff you're going to graft it onto sprouts out in like April. That's when the sap is coming up and, you know, the trees are growing. And you graft stuff that's been kept in the refrigerator onto other stuff after it starts sprouting out in April. That's when it heals quickest. But grafting is not hard to do. Budding is not hard to do. There's tons of information, lots of easy U2s. But, but what I would do is I would take some cuttings, a couple of feet or so long, put them in a bag, throw them in the refrigerator, maybe a little, a few drops of water, and then go out and you know, get you some cheap uh, uh, potted uh, any kind of citrus at a store, plant those, and then when they leaf out, then try your hand at grafting. Okay. You know that, that the, the 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 hardest parts about grafting, other than doing it quick, so you know when you make a a slice on it, that'll dry out real quick. You got to work it quick, but take your your graft wood, your scion wood, is what they call it this time of year, re- refrigerate it, and then graft onto something after it leaves out. All righty, all right. That's exactly what I need to know. All right, and uh, there's probably exactly. a bunch of people around. You know, if you know, if. I don't know how to get in touch with them. There's a whole group of of men and women. they call the Southern Fruit Fellowship. They're a member of this group called the North American Fruit Explorers, and they are all over Mississippi and Alabama and Tennessee and Louisiana. And a lot of times they'll do the grafting for you if you can ever just get in touch with them. But Google North American Fruit Explorers, NAFEX is what they call it, or Southern Fruit Fellowship, and it's just hardcore backyard fruit-growing hobbyists. And there may be two in your town. They'll be happy to grab for you.
0: Okay. Great, great. I uh, appreciate the, uh, the the help there. Okay. I think, it's a blood or, I think it's a blood orange, some type of a blood orange. But, again, it has a very thin, it has wonderful traits to it. Yeah.
1: yeah. And there's so uh, many out there. You know, it might be just a truly unique one, but it might be one that's just common as muck. You know, If you can just find out what it is, you can buy, probably buy them for $3. Yeah.
0: Okay then. Hey, thanks again, and happy Mardi Gras.
1: Appreciate it. Thanks, Russ. I forgot it is Mardi Gras. I could have sent that some Mardi Gras music for today. Yeah, now nah, yeah, Mardi Gras here too.
2: Fat Tuesday is it's coming, coming around ne-
1: next week, right? Yes, sir. Oh, I'll be darned. I forgot all about that. Um, anyway, the, the the tune I choose chose today is pretty cheesy. But let's let's go to uh, over to Mobile, Elizabeth. Thank you for holding. How are you today?
4: I'm good, and happy Mardi Gras. Thank you. Woohoo. You ought to come by and have a parade. Well, you know, M-
1: Mobile is everybody but the folks in New Orleans know Mobile is where it started.
4: That's right. That's right. And we'll tell anybody that. <laughs> That's
1: right. Well, what's, what you got going on today?
4: I have a very thick lemon tree. Uh, it, it I know there's thrips out there because they're in the woods right next to me. But the leaves are black and and it's just a very – and I'm trying to figure out if I can save it or if I just need to cut it down and start over.
1: Well, you know, a little forensics here. The leaves are black. This is the stuff called sooty mold, and it's the same stuff that – if you were to drop some, some, uh, some pancake syrup on your kitchen counter and leave it, this same stuff grows on that. It's a mold that grows on sugars. And if you've got insects, whether it's spider mites or aphids, anything that sucks sap out of a plant, their excrement has got dissolved plant sugar, sort of like you know this version of maple syrup. And uh, so, if you have black stuff on the leaves, that tells me you've got insects either on that plant or on a plant over it. And in the summertime, their drippings are falling sticky stuff onto your onto your your leaves, and then this mold grows on that. See, so the problem isn't the mold. It's what's sucking sap out of your plant. And there's not much you can do except spray. Hate to say it, but that's pretty much it. Anyway, the mold isn't hurting your plant. They're just saying there's something on there that's eating and dripping.
4: Well, um, it it's been thick off and on for several years mm. and uh it got where I had some really ugly lemon and then um and then I didn't have any lemon, so I cut the tree back. Mhm. And, and it grew out, and at first it looked fine, but then very quickly, everything's black again. All the leaves are misshapen, and, and I, like I say, I know there's bugs out there. There's yeah. no plants. No trees over it.
1: Okay. Well, you've, no- got, you've got insect, And when, when, plant, when insects suck sap out of the bottom of leaves, that causes the leaves to, to, to be misshapen. And there's two or three it could be. But the bottom line is, unless you want to spray the bottom of your leaves with an insecticide, you know, again, that's the problem. The sooty mold is a symptom. The insects are the problem. Yeah. And uh, so you don't need to treat the mold. You need to treat for insects, which means spraying the underside of the leaves in the summertime. You know, just no two ways about that. No, no two ways around it. Okay. You know, and, by the way, commercial yeah. growers, if, you, if you'll if drive down where they have commercial orchards, you'll see that they prune their plants where, you know, if you were to hold an, an, an orange in your in your hand with your fingers pointing straight up, you know, like you're holding up to the sky, and take the orange out of your hand, your fingers still spread out. That's what these fruit trees look like when they get through pruning them. All the commercial growers spray, but they also prune to keep the trees open for good air circulation and better production. So unless you're willing to prune.
4: I hmm? did thin it out good. When I cut it, I did thin it way out. Mm -hmm. But um, I've just been real disheartened because now it grew back and it's... Just ugly. Yeah. Well I you haven't know. had any lemons ever since. No
1: lemons. Yeah. Well, you know, there's 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 all sorts of reasons for that. The bottom line is pruning, a little fertilizer, and if you if it does make lemons uh and 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 they're misshapen, you need to spray. There's just no you know, it, it's just no two ways around. They don't grow naturally out there. They have to be cultivated. And pruning yes. and fertilizing and sometimes spraying. It's just it's part just, of it. Just part I used of it.
4: To have more lemons than I could give away, and now I got none.
1: Yeah, well, and you know, and that most people find themselves in this situation sooner or later, unless you cultivate them, unless you grow them, you know, unless you take care of them and train them, and you know, in other words, it's a it's a crop. It's not you know just a roadside thing. So that's that's what it takes. Just like if you want to have a lawn, got to mow it.
4: All righty. Well, I appreciate it.
1: Okay. Thank sorry. You. Cheer up. Cheer up! Mm-hmm. Go go go! Find something. Go go plant your rose and forget about your lemon.
4: Oh, and by the way, I do have a meadow front yard. Good. I let it grow. I let it grow until about May for the birds.
1: There you go, <laughs> and the butterflies and the bees.
4: All right. butterflies
1: and the bees. Oh, we appreciate it. You stay warm, okay? Thank you. All righty, ready to do some uh, little cheesy tune. This is the short one, and it's from my child. It's actually not from my. Child childhood. When I was a kid, I had a Howdy Doody rocking chair. Now you're, you you know you never heard of Howdy Doody, have you? Have you? I've heard, but I, I've only heard. Howdy Doody was before Captain Kangaroo, okay. and, and after Kangaroo, after Captain Kangaroo was Pee Wee Herman. Ah, okay. And then the Fraggles, you know, and you know. <laughs> so this is just a theme song from Captain Kangaroo, sort of a uh, pre Pee Wee Herman. Back in, the, back in the straight days before Pee Wee.
2: <laughs> I see that it was canceled like right at 1984, and that's the year I was
1: born. Really? Okay, well, this is, young man, this is from when I was a kid. We used to listen to this all the time. We'll be back with more of the Gestalt Gardener and your phone calls here on Mississippi Public Broadcasting right after this. Yeah, all those Romper Room and Cap Kangaroo and and, uh, Buffalo Bob and all those folks. They said they could see you, you know. You're on the TV. They said, you can see me, I can see you. And I'm thinking, that's a little creepy, but that's that's how I was raised. Imagination. Yeah, and now Siri and Alexa can see you. Yeah, nah, yeah they can see <laughs> and hear you all the
2: time, if you did not know.
1: <laughs> That's okay. You know, it's just it's just part part of that childhood thing, but, uh, you know, and we're not going to get all nostalgia, but nobody, even Pee Wee Herman did not have uh, the, the uh, ping pong balls that fell down all the time.
6: Yeah.
2: yeah. Okay,
1: I'm just saying. <laughs> anyway, let's slide down to, to Taylorsville to see what's going on with Larry Joe. Good morning, sir. Yes, I'd like to...
6: Offer a alternative to the gentleman that wanted the dinosaur kale. Yeah. Yeah. That's wonderful stuff. But uh, here in the, this spring and early summer, you needed something to grow all summer long. I suggest uh, amaranth. You and know, there's a edible, edible red leaf. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's green and red stripes, and it's very ornamental looking. Only grows two foot tall, it says, and. Uh, but it has a hearty spinach flavor, and it grows all summer. Yeah, in both uh, hot weather.
1: I'm not sure, but that might be the same amaranth they call kalaloo or kalu. I can't yeah. remember. If it's kalaloo or kalu. But somebody called about that, uh, you know, b- back last year. But you're right. Is, is it? And there's another edible uh, green that it's a little small vine. It's not a vine. that's going to take over, but it's a. It is a little vine. It's called Malabar spinach, and it tastes just like spinach. And the hotter the weather, the better it grows. But the amaranth, the uh, callaloo, or kalu I can't remember. Anyway, it's a, it's a real good alternative because it don't have many other leafy greens in the summertime.
6: That's exactly right. It's very nutritious, both of them are. And they taste very well you know, in stir-fries, and I don't see why it's not more popular. So I just wanted to offer that as an alternative.
1: Yeah, I appreciate it. Let me throw out one other Uh uh, the leaves of of uh, sweet potato are perfectly edible hmm. so anyway that but that's that's a, that's a great great idea larry uh you know just i don't even think about leafy greens in the summer because you know you think of them as being bitter or something like that but the amaranth that's been grown for a long time is a summer green right
6: very popular in the orient
1: thank you all right no thank you appreciate it larry Okay. Cal- is it Kalu or Callaloo? Somebody asked, but there's green and there is. Type of amaranth. I think that's one of those tomato tomato things. Yeah. W- yep. Yeah. But anyway, let's slide up to Tupelo. Will, good morning. Hello. Hey, can you hear? Yeah, we can. Hey, What's man. going on?
0: Oh, not much. Hey, I met you in uh, New Albany at the plant sale when you were speaking, and I want to know uh, your elephant ears you gave me are just taking off last year. <laughs> and I want to appreciate that but
1: uh you know uh, you got to be careful I, with them it'll get away from you
0: Oh yeah yeah but I I've been uh collecting tropical hibiscus and uh so I have 3 and I'm naming them uh Mary Soul and uh Don Julio and now I've got one that's a Hawaiian hibiscus um had a big problem with white flies Yeah um I don't know, last year, I mean, even when I brought them in, the white flies, it it was a pain to get rid of all of them, and I'm using that uh, insecticidal soap. Is there something else I can put on them?
1: Yeah, it is. Uh, for, For what it's worth, these tropical hibiscus, you know, when you bring them in, you know how they always drop all their leaves. You know what, what? One of the easiest things to do is when you're getting ready to bring them in, just prune them back to where there's not a leaf left on them. Bring and the, most of the white flies and aphids and stuff are gone. And then they'll put out lots of leaves and all in the winter time. And then in the spring, cut them to sit, put them back out. But, you know, prune them to bring them in and prune them to put them out, and that'll cut down on a lot of the a lot of the white flies, but also the leaf litter. Um, anyway, in insecticidal soap does a good job of covering up and, and smothering small, soft-bodied insects like aphids and, and even spider mites. Uh, if you want to step it up a little bit, you can get a spray that's called pyrethrin. Now, it's a, it's a natural material. It's made from a type of chrysanthemum, but it's more powerful. The trick is, if you want to control white flies or aphids, you got to break their life cycle. Spraying once may get all of them, but you're going to have something that to hatch out from eggs the next day. And within a week and a half or two weeks, they're laying eggs. So whenever you spray, get the underside of the leaves and spray at least twice, about a week apart, maybe three times. That'll get by far the work That breaks them up a whole lot. So one or two sprays, sometimes three, underside of the leaves. Always at least two sprays.
0: You got any suggestions? I'm going to name my Hawaiian hibiscus. I just got. Uh, like I said, I got to come up with a good Hawaiian name for her. But, well, uh,
1: you know, there's Don Ho.
0: Don Ho. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs>
1: well, you know, he was uh, in. Uh, and who was the uh, who was the the, the 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 great big Hawaiian uh, um, Izzy. singer?
0: Izzy. Izzy uh, Com- Com- yeah, Izzy.
1: That's right. Yeah. You know. Yeah.
0: I think Izzy is going to be his name, but. uh Hey, the agave plant, I saw your podcast where you were talking about a uh, agave americana.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, would that live in the ground in love
1: Yes, it will. The, j- just the plain, straight gray one will. The variegated one won't. But there are also some smaller dwarf types that they don't get, you know, they're not going to be that great big century plant. Uh, that are really cold-hearted. There's some – I'm visiting my friend Carol Reese up in uh, – she's a retired horticulturist in uh, Jackson, Tennessee. They have a whole collection of, of hardy outdoor succulents, and there's an agave that's called parryi, P-A-R-R-Y, P-A-R-R-Y I, I I think. But anyway, it's uh, agave with a P-A-R-R in it. It only gets about knee-high, a little bit bigger than knee-high, but it is cold-hardy as can be, as long as you plant it where it won't stay real wet because, you know, it prefers to be out like in Oklahoma. Some really good, cold-hardy uh, dwarf agaves that are a whole lot better.
0: And just so you know, the, the three hibiscus that I have, you know, Mary Soul and uh, Don Julio, I, I play your podcast for them. <laughs> uh, They've they plumbed up. The one has gotten taller than me. So, you know, apparently uh, your voice, I think they like you.
1: Yep. Once you grow, once you grow. But anyway, it, it, and just like a felder, it needs to be contained. So you might want to prune it from time to time. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right. Appreciate it. Okay, folks, we got some lines open. If you want to give us a call, it's toll free one eight seven seven MPB ring. I saw some Forsythia, Forsythia blooming. The yellow bells, the shrub with the yellow flowers. The further north you go, all the way up into Canada, it does better. But it's one of the early harbingers of spring. We're we're starting to see a few azaleas. Some forsythia, some blueberries are blooming. Uh, and that's not a good thing, but it's not bad. It just is what it is. Enjoy what you got. If we get a late freeze, don't worry. We've always got okra and tomatoes and stuff like that for later. Don't worry about stuff you can't do much about. The weather, um, you know, some years are going to hit it, some years not. I am seeing a lot of daffodils, though, and little snowflakes that people call snow uh, snowbells. Anyway, lots of stuff out there. Walk around the yard. Enjoy yourself. Enjoy whatever. Don't wait till spring. Enjoy. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Jason Klein from Fix It 101. If you ever thought
5: about changing a doorknob or fixing a leaky faucet, some jobs just aren't that difficult. And yes, you can do it. If you want to find out how to do those things, listen to Fix It 101,
1: podcast everywhere. All right, folks, welcome back. Horticulture's Felder rushing. Had a really big turnout at the uh, fruit seminar last week. Really, really big turnout. A lot of people are getting not only the types of fruits that do well in Mississippi, but the variety. And I want to emphasize, if you just plant an apple or a pear or a peach, it may or may not be the right variety for our state. The fruit trees tell time by how many hours of chilling they get. That's above freezing but below 45. Refrigerate like we're having today. These are chilling hours and our fruit trees tell time by how many they get. Uh, North Mississippi they get a lot more chilling hours than South Mississippi. If you plant north mississippi varieties in south they don't get enough cold to bloom right if you plant south mississippi varieties in the north they're going to bloom first pretty day that comes along in february and freeze so anyway the type of fruit but the variety is important and if you want information about this go to mississippi state university extension service website it's called msu cares c-a-r-e-s msu cares dot com and in the search box just type in fruit varieties, and it'll take you right to the publication on the best varieties of each type of fruit to grow in different parts of the state. Meanwhile, let's um, – Jav, I lost track here. It's uh, Pat in Fairhope, Alabama. Pat, Pat. Good morning, Pat. What's going on in eastern L.A.?
4: Well, um, it's trying really hard to rain, but it's not too bad,
1: so mm-hmm. it's still,
4: still nice and warm, but I'm calling – I was listening to your uh, comments about the white flies on the man's um, hibiscus and um, I have a a Sheffalera plant that I rescued from somebody that left work and didn't take it and it has thrived and done real well in spite of me Mm -hmm. but last summer I put it out on the screened-in porch and when it was time to bring things in for the cold it had little white things on it, so I soaked it up, cleaned it up, and have it inside now, getting ready to go back out. Right. And it's got no bugs that I can see, but it has little white scaly things all over it. Well,
1: those could still be and, bugs. There's there's a type of insect yeah, called scale.
4: Started, yeah, yeah. And uh, none of the other plants that I put out um, along with it, I just took all my plants, yeah. and put them out there this summer. Hey, none you, of the others. Have
1: have you noticed any sticky stuff on the leaves? Um. Well, you'd be able to tell. There won't be any question about it. Go, go. I'm not with it. Okay. if uh, I'm just saying, check for because even scale insects, which don't look like insects, you know, they lose their legs, they attach themselves oh. like ticks. They excrete oh. uh, plant sap, but there'll be sticky stuff on the leaves, and that's the dead giveaway. Oh. Anyway, here's the thing with Chef Lera's, Uh and keep in mind, I have climbed in Chef Lera's in the tropics. They're trees. You can park school oh, yeah. buses under them, but uh, when oh. I were, first started with the Extension Service, um, Back in 1980, I walked into this office, and they had two huge cheffleros, one on either side of the, of the of the main entrance. And one of the first thing I cut them down to where there was nothing but just brown stalks. And, of course, right. my reputation is on the line here. Well, they put out new – and when, yeah. I, when I walked out of that office, over 20 years later, I cut it going out the door. You can prune them to where there's not a leaf or a green thing left on them, and they'll sprout back yeah. out. And that gets rid right. of any kind of insects you might have on it.
4: Okay, so that, that's more effective than trying to treat what's there.
1: Yeah, because scale insects are hard to spray. Scale cover themselves with this waxy covering, yeah. and you have to use an insecticide okay. that, that goes, you know, in a systemic insecticide. And I don't know if you, right. you know, you can do that. But pruning them, you know, yeah. that, that gets rid of the problem and makes them where they fit on the screen porch better.
4: Okay, well, I think they got them while they were on the screen porch, and so... Well, uh, I didn't, I didn't, you know,
1: know... I'm not one of the kind of experts who's going to guess what it is, but, you know, if you send me a yeah, really good close-up yeah. picture, but if the leaf's not sticky, uh, I don't know what it is, but scale is definitely going to have sticky excrement.
4: Okay, well, I will check that out and uh, try to send a, a picture um, okay. in an email, and...
1: Oh, no. uh, Felder F- fel dot blog it says has dot a blog. thing that says email me. Okay. Not not net or com but Felderrushing dot blog has a thing that says email me. Right. So, all righty. Appreciate okay. Thank you. You bet. Now what, Java? All right, we got a couple but we got a, even
2: less minutes. Uh, okay. <laughs> let's go to
6: Randy and Olive Branch.
2: Hey Randy, what's up, man?
6: Hey Felder. Um got a question about squash bugs. Mm-hmm. Um I planted a lot of pumpkins last year, and they all turned out pretty good for a while. And then all of a sudden, I had just, just total invasion of squash bugs, yeah. and I tried
0: a, a soapy-type mixture
6: to no, no. try to— No,
1: Squash yeah. bugs are really hard to control. When they're small, when they're young, they look like little weird, little red-looking things. They're fairly easy to control, but once you get some size on them, it takes a brick. And the only thing that I know that's, that's really effective against big insects like stink bugs and squash bugs is, oddly enough, it's a natural material. It's called pyrethrin. But now here's the deal. You spray pyrethrin late in the day because your pollinator's gone. Then by morning, even though it's a natural material, it'll kill pollinators. But you spray late in the day, and then by morning, the pyrethrin is gone. And that's the only thing that I know that that's really effective against big, hard-shelled insects like that. That's it.
0: Right, yeah, I didn't want to use it due to the bees and everything. Yeah, late late in the day.
1: Spray late in the day. It worked better overnight anyway, but late in the day, that's the time to spray. All right, thank you. All right, good luck on it, man. What do you think, Java? Let's go to William on the road. No, Paul on the road, I'm sorry. Paul, 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 what's going on, man? We're running out of time, but what can we help you with?
6: Well, first off, uh, thank you for the information in advance. Uh, What can I use naturally to get rid of moles?
1: (laughs) The only control, other than a a little yappy dog or a cat, is a plunger-type trap. You can get them at any store, plunger-type mole trap, follow directions on how to set it. Anybody who tells you anything else is just blowing smoke. You know, all this other stuff, it works for some people. The only surefire control, other than dog or cat, is going to be a plunger-type mold trap set correctly. That's it. And that's what people who work in botanic gardens, if there was anything else they could use that they thought would work, they would do it. But that's what they use.
6: Okay. My second question is, we had just bought this house a couple years ago, um, and it – got some gullies in the back part of it i've got about four acres yeah i have a lot of oak trees but i have smaller saplings coming up yeah i'd kind of like to make it look more park like yeah would it be would i be okay to cut the smaller ones or they're a certain diameter i should nah
1: nah just thin out what you like you know leave leave what you want cut out what you don't want and I wish uh, William would have would have held on. Yeah, we, we ran out of time. But yeah. William, we
2: we could have snuck you in there, William, on the road. Call back That's next okay. week. That's okay.
1: Yeah, and there's a lot of questions that take a lot more time than we've got to answer here. You know, they're more detail like erosion. I, mean, I understand that. I understand that. But sometimes we have to really get into more detail. But For a general gardening program, we do okay. But if people want to, because you did yep,
2: they want to email you, get a little bit more detail. And I do commend you every
1: time because you answer your emails. I do a lot. (laughs) I do. Every now and then one slips through, and I don't know why I don't get it, you know. But, I mean, let's put it this way. I answer a lot of emails. (laughs) And if I see it, I will do it. But, anyway, I'm going to slide up to Tennessee to... uh, Ripley, Tennessee, to give a program with with uh, Carol Reese, fellow Extension horticulturist, retiree. And uh, we're going to be back here at uh, Gestalt Gardener Mississippi Public Broadcast the same time, same place next week. If you've got some stuff, folks, that you can uh, pass along, I'll be glad to help you share that. If you got some events coming up that are of interest to gardeners, let us know. We'll be glad to help promote them. Meanwhile, if you get a chance, take a kid to a garden center Uh, The pansies and the violas and the kale, that's all gone. Daffodils are mostly gone, but there's pea seeds out there, and there's all sorts of things getting ready to be planted. Get a kid a pot full of some potting soil and a couple of flowers and... Show them how to do what we do best, and that's get dirty. Here at MPB, we love bringing information to folks. We love sharing stuff. We like putting local people together, local experts on a wide variety of topics. And uh, like all the other folks here at MPB, if I don't know something, I'm not going to try to sell you something. We're going to try to figure it out between all of us and make sure that Aunt Mamie agrees with all of us. Nothing like having Mama standing behind me going to smack me on the back of the head if I don't straighten up. See you all next week, folks. Go out and get dirty.